Praise the Lord. Um, I'm about to fly right through this because I know that uh, I know everybody's tired. Uh, I know everybody's worshipped, and uh, I believe that it's set up for. Uh, I believe that it's set up for just a bow to tie up on the whole thing. So, uh, first, I like to thank. Thank Pastor, my uncle, for letting me do this. I appreciate it. Um, I'm about to move very quickly. So, uh, if you will, when you're ready, turn with me to Proverbs 18 and 21. Proverbs 18 and 21 says this Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we thank you today, Lord, for the move that you've already accomplished in this place. Lord, I ask you to move on every person under the sound of my voice, God. Lord, move on our hearts, God. Lord, let us receive the word that you've given to me, God. Lord, help me to deliver it, Lord, exactly the way that you see fit. Lord, move on me, God. Help me to deliver this word. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm probably going to stay right here looking down at this so that I don't get distracted so that we can get to the punchline. Far too often today, people fail to understand the power that lies behind the words that they speak. There are way too many, I'm just sayings, and I'm just speaking my mind, or I say what I think, and that's just my personality. I understand that we can get caught up in jokes between friends and And cutting up with one another. But even then, there are some things that don't need to be said. James 1 and 26 says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but receiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Your mind is a battleground, and not every thought that passes through it is a good one. Not everything you think should be spoken. The Bible is very straightforward when it comes to matters like this. Proverbs 21 and 23 says this, Whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Why? Why does a man save his soul from troubles by keeping his tongue? Because words can never, ever be taken back. And they will always cause a response. Think about it. You go up to anyone, anyone, I don't care if you know them, I don't care if you've never seen them a day in your life, you walk up to them and say, you are hideous and I hate you. You can say it in the calmest, sweetest voice, and even still they will respond with anger, sadness, or both, and be upset for hours. Now you can walk up to the same person and you can say, wow, you look sharp, I'm glad I bumped into you today, you have a good day. And in the same amount of time, nine times out of ten, they will be happy for the rest of the day because you have just boosted their confidence sky high with 15 seconds of your life. The words that you spoke into that person altered their day, no matter which phrase you chose to speak. Now, those are kind of extreme, but it's still true. You can speak to people with love or indifference. You can speak to people with kindness or with rudeness. How do you treat your waitresses, your waiter, the clerk at the store, your friends, your family? What words do you let slip through your lips 
because it's those very words that you plant in them that decide your relationship with them. It's those seeds that you plant that can promote success or failure in their lives. That's why James chapter 1 says, Let every man be swift to listen and slow to speak. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. That's called a filter. And I've heard way too many apostolic people lately say that they don't have one of those. But let me tell you today that we cannot afford not to have one. Matthew twelve thirty six and 37 says, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words shalt thou be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Every single idle word that comes from your mouth you will give account for. That ought to scare you half to death. Because <laughs> I know that I have said some things that I do not ever want to have to give an account for. Those words include hurtful words that tear people down, words that sow discord, lies, gossip. What is gossip? What is that? Gossip in a nutshell is whenever you are talking to somebody about somebody and neither one of you is a part of the problem nor the solution. I'm going to stay off of that because I'm not the pastor. I'm just teaching. All of that is just to show you just how your words alone are powerful enough enough to elicit a response from people. But your words are even more powerful still. You see, words are so much more than a means to communicate with one another. They have the ability to impact everything around you and get a response from everything around you. Japanese scientist Masaru Emoto performed some of the most fascinating experiments on the effects that words have in the 1990s. When frozen, water that is free from all impurities will form beautiful ice crystals that look exactly like snowflakes under a microscope. Water that's polluted or has additives like fluoride will freeze without forming these crystals. In his experiments, Emoto poured pure water into vials labeled with negative phrases like, I hate you, or fear. And after 24 hours, the water was frozen and no longer crystallized under the microscope. It yielded gray, misshapen clumps instead of beautiful, lace-like crystals. In contrast, Emoto placed labels that said things like, I love you, or peace, on vials of polluted water. And after 24 hours, they produced gleaming, perfectly hexagonal crystals. Just the words alone were enough to alter the state of this water. In another experiment, Emoto tested the power of the spoken words, and he placed two cups of cooked white rice in two separate mason jars and fixed the lids in place, labeling one jar, thank you, and labeling the other jar, you fool. The jars were left in the elementary school classroom and the students were instructed to speak the words on the labels to the corresponding jars twice a day. And after 30 days, the rice in that jar that was constantly insulted had shriveled into a black gelatinous mass. And the rice in the jar that was thanked was as white and fluffy as the day that it was made. 
after reading about these tests, it makes me wonder, how many times do we throw our words away? We say things like, I hate my hair. I'm so stupid or I'm such a dummy. We never think that these words bring negative energy into our lives and affect us on a physical level, but they do. Emoto's experiments were conducted with water. Why? Because sound vibration travels through water four times faster than it travels through open air. Consider the fact that your body is over 70% water, and you'll understand how quickly the vibration from these negative words resonates in your cells. Like our opening text said, the power of life and death is in the tongue, and as it turns out, that is not a metaphor. The words that you speak can literally produce stress in your body, or they can help you maintain your body. Now with that, I'm I'm moving real quick. I know I'm talking slow, but I'm moving fast. With all of that, this power that's in our tongue and in the words that we speak, doesn't that make you want to be just a little bit more careful about what you say? You see, it's not just about being careful not to say the wrong things. It's about being careful to say the right things. When you understand the power that God intended for you and has given for you, You can use it to benefit your life and the lives around you. You see, your words do not only affect things in the natural, but your words echo into the spiritual and affect things there. When you start using one of the most powerful gifts that God has given you, the way that he has intended for you to use it, you get his attention. And the almighty God responds. Your words are powerful enough to get a response out of your own body. They're powerful enough to get a response out of the people around you. They're powerful enough to get a response out of inanimate objects. They are powerful enough to get a response out of the God who created all of it. Everything that you say, he hears and he takes note of and he will not forget. Some of the most amazing Miracles in the Bible started with people speaking into their own lives with such amazing faith that God just had to respond to reward their trust. Joshua 10, 12 through 14 says this, Then spake Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou upon Gibeon. And thou moon in the valley of Ajalon. And the sun stood still, and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and hasted not to go down about a whole day. And there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened to the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. Joshua spoke, not God. God controls the solar system, but Joshua spoke. God, God probably looked down at him and was like, what do you mean, boy? The sun doesn't stand still. The earth moves. That ain't even how that works, but 
That's not how that works. But God didn't care. What he cared about was that Joshua had so much faith in God that he was like, you know what? Whatever he had to do, whether he made the earth move a little bit faster or made the sun move a little bit faster, I don't know what he did, but he made everything stand still so that that day was different from every other day in the world. All because one man spoke. Look at David's life. God did not send David to kill Goliath. Jesse sent David to feed his brothers. But when David heard about what Goliath was saying about his country and about his God and how Israel's army was trembling with fear, he got fed up. You got this big, ugly giant down there. He's saying all these horrible things about the almighty living God and about the people that God has chosen and all of the people who were supposed to be standing up for it are, tra- are trembling in their boots, are shaking in fear. Now, it's up to David how he responds to this. See, David already had an anointing on his life. David was already anointed to be king, so he had a lot at stake here, but it was up to him how he responded to this adversity. He, could, he didn't have to do what he did. He could have walked up to about 30 of them guys and say, how about about 30 of us just go out there and jump this dude, take him out? I mean, they were already fighting the Philistines. It's not like they couldn't handle just the Philistines. They were fighting them, but it was Goliath that they were all afraid of. They could have, he could have been like, you know what? You and me and the rest of you 20 guys over there, why don't we just sneak up on this dude and take him out and then mess with all their morale? There was a, there was a bunch of different ways that David could have handed, handled this. But instead, he got fed up with the giant. And he said, you know what? I'm going to fight this guy. I will go down there. I will take care of this ugly, uncircumcised Philistine. I will take care of him, and I will show all you bombs what you're supposed to be standing up for. And he walks down there, his little raggedy, red-headed self, and walks down to... Goliath and is picking up some stones, and Goliath is like, sending, what am I, a dog, that you're sending me little boys to beat? You're just a kid in your youth. I've been a man of war from my youth. That's what Goliath says to him. And there's a bunch of different ways that David could respond to this. David could have said, you know what? You're a lot bigger than you were up there. I'm just going to let you do your thing. I'm going to go back up here with these guys. There's a bunch of different ways that he could have lived his life to become the king of Israel. But instead of that, when he faced his adversity, his words were not, you know what? I don't know if I can handle this. I'm just going to leave it to God. His words were not, guys, can I get some help down here to get this big bear? There was The words that came out of his mouth were, this day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand. And I will smite thee and take thine head from thy head. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day into the fowls of the air, into the wild beasts of the earth, and all the earth will know that there is a God in Israel. Now those are some big words for somebody who didn't even have a sword to cut that head off. But because of what David spoke, because of what he said, God heard him. God listened to him, and God guided that stone straight to that big, ugly dude's head, took him out, and David went and got his sword and cut his head off. It wasn't because God anointed David to kill Goliath. 
God anointed David to be king. David chose the outcome of that situation that he was facing. God said, you know what, David, you're going to be king one day. The ball is in your court. How do you want to handle this country that you are going to lead right now? And David chose to stand up for God. Finally, one of my favorite ones. I'm telling you, this is the last scripture I'm going to read. I know we're all tired. One of my favorite ones, Jesus responds to two people who speak faith into their own situation when there seems to be no hope. We're going to turn to Matthew 9, 18 through 25. While he spake these things unto them, Jesus, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even dead now, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. The man said that, not Jesus. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood for twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, If I may touch his garment, I shall be whole. Jesus did not say, If you touch my garment, you will be made whole. She said, If I can touch him, I will be made whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole, and the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed at him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand, and the maid arose. It was not Jesus who decided what those people were going to do. Now, I understand that God already knows what's going to happen. He knows your life from the beginning to the end. He understands every choice that you're going to make. I'm not taking the authority out of God's hands and putting it into man's hands. God is in control. But sometimes God takes the ball and puts it in your court and says, what are you going to do? What are you going to say for yourself? I can tell you that I'm the great physician and I can heal every disease. But what do you say? I can tell you that I'm your deliverer and that I will deliver you from every situation. But what do you say? I can tell you that you are blessed and highly favored. And that you have been saved and you're sanctified and a holy priesthood. I can tell you all of these things, but what will you say for yourself? Jesus didn't track these two people down looking to help them. They looked into their own hopeless situation and found hope. And spoke into their own situations. Because your words do not stop right here. Your words are not just words. They are not just vocabulary. They go beyond the definitions of the words, the language that you're speaking. It is what the words are. God first spoke. God first created words. It is the the power that is behind those words that you are speaking. Don't just throw your words away. So I wonder if you can all stand with me. I told you I'm moving fast. If... I know of some situations that are hard in this place today. I know of some people who have battles going on right now. And I wonder 
if you can look into your own life. And now God has already made promises to you. God has already told you what He can do for you. I wonder if you can take that. And if you can look into your own situation with that understanding. And if you can say like that woman with the issue of blood said. And just say, I know that Jesus is able to heal me. But if I, if I can just touch Him, then I will be made whole. If I can just touch Him, then I know that He will fix my situation. If I can just get His attention, then I know that He will see my situation and move on my behalf. Is there anybody in this place today who has a need in their body, has a need in their life, that they know if you can just get His attention, that He will move These altars are open. I challenge you today to take your situation, bring it down here before God, and speak faith into your own life. Speak life into your own life and watch the changes that happen. God, any mountains you cannot tunnel through. God specializes in things thought impossible, and He will do. is Jesus the only one this rock is Jesus the only one God specializes in things and he will do what no other power can do this rock is Jesus Jesus, the only one, God specializes in things thought impossible, and He will do. Rock is 
It's amazing, that, uh, not to re-preach anything he said, but just that power. We, I don't know, maybe it just it lost, got lost somewhere along the way, but I remember older saints would, would say many times, words have power. Mm. And they would, I mean, that was something they would teach you, you know, and so you be my, very mindful of things you would say. But when I say that, I mean, 
when you faced a problem, you'd be mindful about how you addressed it. You know, instead of saying, oh, this is going to beat me, I'm going to have victory in this. And and so many times you do, like he he mentioned, you, you read in the scripture, you didn't see anything, no fireworks or anything. You just saw people speaking faith. One man said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. I think we ought to speak in belief. Peter took a man by the hand and said, in the name of Jesus, rise and walk. That's how he spoke to that man's infirmity. And so uh, what a tremendous reminder today that there is power and authority in the name of Jesus. And that that while you're not going to speak a million dollars into existence and poof in your hand. You're not going to speak the winning lottery numbers into your hand and things like that. That's, you can't be foolish with what he's ta- what the scripture is talking about. But I do believe that sometimes you can just say, I need this to happen, Lord, you, or I need this to be better. And somehow, I wonder how that happens. I know how it happens. It's God. Anybody ever, you ever done that? Anybody here... You ever just spoke something and seen God do it just like you ask? A lot of times it's a lot better than what we asked, but but sometimes it's exactly the way we put it. Exactly the way we put it. What a tremendous reminder today. Isn't God great? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. We're thankful for it today. Tremendous word, brother. That was tremendous. We're thankful that these young people are learning such powerful lessons and sharing them. That's all right uh, for us older ones to, to glean some of that youthful wisdom. Sometimes we, we, maybe we forget a little bit. Uh, we do have a baptism. Uh, we're waiting on a couple of family members to get here, so uh, we're trying to, to allow for time for them to do that. If I will extend the invitation again, I don't know, but if you're here and have not been baptized in the name of Jesus, then why not today? We've got robes. We've got towels. We could take care of that. There is no other name under heaven given whereby we must be saved. And Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We believe in it. It's the scripture. It's what we ought to do. Amen. So we're going to have that today. I want to say also that um, Sister Emmy has the remainder of... uh, from the bake sale yesterday in the foyer if you'd like to pick up something sweet to take home with you for after the dinner uh, you can do that helping all these kids out to to do their projects and do their things uh now um the food is not quite ready in the gym and uh so unless we want to have another church service right quick uh folks gonna have to you have to just hang around for a few moments and so if you don't mind hanging around the fellowship for a few minutes uh, we've got to give them uh, a, little, a little bit of time to get the food ready. I apologize for that. Uh, thought they had that ready for us, but uh, hey, they're, they're college. They're young. They're, they're doing their best, and so we can hang out for a little bit. We'd spend this long waiting at a restaurant, I'm sure, so let's hang out in fellowship for a few minutes. Let's get ready to watch a baptism in a few moments, and uh, God bless you. Thank you for being in service today.